Hello, everyone. It's Thinking Beyond, Conversations with Strategic Thinkers. And I'm David Flint here again. And my co-host is across the table. Howdy, Joan. Howdy, Dr. David Flint. And our producer is also across the table. Howdy, Will. Okay, we're here for another podcast. And this is maybe going to be a little atypical for a podcast. This is not you know, a business owner or somebody starting a business. This is a student, a student with a very interesting new initiative. That's right. So today we're going to be speaking with Cindy Mearsman. So she's a a senior at Texas A&M University in the Mays School of Business. She is a business management major with a focus in entrepreneurship and leadership. And I know Cindy because she did an internship with me in the art gallery that I own. And she just struck me right away as a really sharp young woman with ambition and drive and the discipline to work hard. And I really enjoyed working with her. And as we were talking about V-Real on this podcast and, and the types of people who might find it useful, it occurred to me that Cindy is one of those young people, like many college students out there, who struggle to really think about the future and, and to think critically and think strategically about how they're positioning themselves for after graduation. That is a very common problem. Having been in the classrooms for decades, I see it all the time. So one of the things that I took away, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I want to really have the audience listen to. So whether you're the parent of a college student or a college student or an employer of a college student or anybody who's trying to figure out the next steps, there's some, some really interesting parts of this conversation where we had some aha moments with Cindy where she came to realize the connection between positioning herself to get a job and value creation. And I think Cindy is a strategic thinker. I'm not sure that she realizes that she is, but maybe she's headed in that direction now. I do think she's a strategic thinker. What, what V-Roll gave her is a way to organize the process of thinking strategically. So let's listen. Okay, here comes Cindy. Well, hello, Cindy. Hi. <laughs> I should do the Aggie thing. Howdy. Howdy. There we go. Okay. We're both Aggies, so I can do that. Thank you for coming here today and being on this podcast. It's always good to have a wide variety of guests on Thinking Beyond. And the subtitle, of course, is Conversations with Strategic Thinkers. And you are a very strategic thinker. Really, you are. And, and you just kind of made a little face at me. But you really are. I've only, you know, been in a, in contact with you for a week or so, introducing the V-Real framework to you and, and talking about what you're doing there on the A&M campus with the Business of the Arts, the organization that you've started. So I'm very interested because I could tell when we talked before that you really are a strategic thinker. And I'm very interested to see in a short amount of time that you've had this little tool to think about, where that has taken you in regard to that student organization and also what you're thinking about your own career or possible career in the future. So let's just start. You know, you have this student organization, the Business of the Arts, and 
what do you what do you want to do with that organization so right now what we kind of do is we have guest speakers come in and they talk to students just about what they're doing in their career and hopefully from that students gain an idea of the possibilities that they have so hopefully in the future i want it to be more of an entrepreneurship program where students who really want to sell their art are able to build a website and even like have a show on campus and kind of get AM students aware that art is something that they should be investing in because it like improves your life in my opinion and that way students who want to be artists have that foot in the door to you like kind of spur on their career um just like in an entrepreneurship way of selling their own art and then also on the business side i think it would be a great way for business students to get real world consulting experience with peers just because I learned so much in my business classes and I'm not really passing it on to anyone currently except for my roommates and they just have to listen to me. <laughs> so I think it'd be great for business students connect with those art students and be like, oh, hey, I learned this in my marketing class. This is how you can reach more people on social media and just different things like that. That's kind of what I want to grow into after I leave, hopefully. Okay. And we talked quite a lot when we got together about the different ways that you would create value for the students but maybe not just the students. Have you thought more about that? I did. A, I thought a little bit about it. It was kind of difficult to grasp any like firm ideas just because I don't really know what A&M needs or what they want because <laughs> I just take, I guess, a lot from A&M as a student. But I did see the gap between business and art, and especially A&M's art field just isn't as big as I think it could be potentially. So I'm hoping that partnering the arts with entrepreneurship in a way would help A&M grow a lot and that would give them more value value and like something that's rare for an agricultural school and engineering and business yeah and... yeah <laughs> not just agricultural what about the community have you thought much about how you might be able to create value for Bryan College Station around Texas A&M well i know that you know, like the art in Bryan is growing a lot, and I think there's still more that can happen there. And because I, I still know people who kind of view Bryan as not as, I guess, like higher class with quotes around it as College Station, which is ridiculous. And I think that growing arts can kind of derail that stereotype. And I think that business of the arts could be a great way to help that potentially, mm -hmm. hopefully. Yeah, I thought when we were talking that there is a potential for a, a very vibrant student organization that is creating value not just for the members of the organization, but for the university and for the community around the university. You know, connecting people who are artistic with the people who value that, but also the people who need exposure to that, whether that could be youth or whether that could be older people who want to collect art or whatever, but I, I see several different ways that you could create serious value with this organization, which is kind of funny because that's not really why you started the organization. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and, and why did you start the organization? Um, well, like in all honesty, it was to put a really awesome thing on my resume because my friend and I my friend who helped me start the organization, we were kind of like, we need something on a resume that's leadership and at A&M. And we also, after like talking about that a little more, we were like, there's nothing here that's like art. 
I, I mean, there are a couple of organizations, but none of them are the business side of art, which we're both majoring in business. And he's a photographer, and I'm minoring in art. So we were like, oh, we should start an organization. Then we'll be the co-founders. We can be the president and the vice president. It'll look great on our resume. It's that's And it's interesting to me that you were thinking about creating value for yourself, and yet you wound up doing something that potentially can create a lot of value for other people. And that's good. I mean, that's that's really good. What else have you thought about since we last spoke about your organization? Any things that, you know, when thinking about eroding factors, enabling factors, longevity and everything, anything that you particularly focused on or things that you want us to talk about right now? Well, I think one of the biggest eroding factors that I'm really focusing on is the student turnover rate because I'm graduating in May. And I know that the person who helped me start the organization will become the president. And I know he's going to do a really great job, but then he graduates in two years. So that was kind of like the biggest eroding factor that I was kind of struggling with. And I know you had mentioned last time we talked that if you create value in the organization in a way that it's not just one person like leading it and it's like an entity in itself, um, it'll really help it continue on after someone leaves. So that's kind of like my mission now. And that also ties into like the longevity. It kind of like encompasses all of them. And we have a really great advisor right now, which I think is really helpful, um, especially like she can help make sure the people who come up to be leaders after us have like the same mission in mind and want to continue the organization in that way and aren't just like, oh, yes, president on my resume, <laughs> um, even though that's why we started it. <laughs> so that's kind of and then I am trying to like get more in contact with the entrepreneurship program, Blackstone, and E-Society, and then a couple other ones that are partners with Maze to see if we partner with them, it'll kind of like, I guess, give us better backing. And so we can do a little bit more and it can become more than just me running an organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for those who are listening, Texas A&M has, I think, over a thousand different student organizations. And there is a lot of competition for student attention uh, at the university. But a number of those are focused on innovation, entrepreneurship. So it makes sense for you to try and find the people who are interested in being innovative and creative from a business sense, from a technological sense, and try and bring them together with the students who have a more artistic bent. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, um, as you mentioned, helps build that value, helps make your organization something that people will want to be associated with because they can see the value that you create. So we talked also about you and future career plans, how you're gonna create value, how you're gonna make yourself distinctive in the marketplace. What have you been thinking since we talked about you? Well, thinking about ways that I guess I'm valuable, which was kind of weird to think about. I guess I was able to tie it in with BA in the fact that I'm a very ambitious person, which is something that I'm just kind of learning about myself in the past year or so. And I really like to be in control of things, which is something I've learned in the past semester. Because I knew I was like autonomous based on like personality tests that I had to take for different management classes. But 
I didn't really know exactly what that meant besides like, oh, maybe I should start my own business because then, but it's, I really like being in control of things. And whenever I'm doing certain tasks, if I'm like given step-by-step directions, I'm like, uh, like it's not as fun for me as if it's like, oh, do this. And I get to decide how I want to do it. So there's just like insight about me that I think that's a valuable thing for certain companies, not all companies, obviously. So that was cool to discover about myself and put into a framework that made sense because before it was just like random facts floating around. And then I guess like going on with the rest of the B-Real thing, um, thinking of ways that I was rare, which we mentioned before that it's not necessarily I'm the only person who can do this, but I'm one of the few people in the area who are. And I think that's like connecting business and art, like getting a major in management and getting a minor in art, which that's not a very easy schedule to do. And so like that's one of the things that's making makes me stand out from Texas A&M because I don't think there are very, very many students who are doing that. And I think that's a, a really good point that I want to emphasize is I don't want people when thinking about rareness, thinking that they have to be the only person in the whole wide world who has this particular ability to bring a value into the marketplace. It's, a, it's about the context of where you are and what is around you. And you are right. I, here at Texas A&M University, that, that combination of high interest, passion for artistic endeavors and business is a rare thing. I don't know for sure. But I kind of think that might be a little bit rare outside of Texas A&M University, too. I hope so. (laughs) I hope it lands me a great job. (laughs) Have you thought beyond just value and rareness in regard to yourself into the eroding, enabling, longevity thing? The eroding was probably the easiest, honestly, because it's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Um, (laughs) And I mean, so like I said, valuable, like I am ambitious, but I'm also really lazy, which might um, right. There's some quote, you know, it's like the laziest people get it done the most efficiently. <laughs> I hope that, you know, is me, but maybe not. So that's kind of an eroding thing um, is just laziness. Whereas I have a lot of awesome ideas, but putting them into effect is sometimes more work than because I like I have multiple like Google Drive folders of like business ideas that I came up with and I like did some market research and I was like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> just like abandoned. Well, wait, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, one of the one of the goals that I have when I work with people or organizations is to help them realize, oh, this is not a good idea. I remember reading that in your book. And I, I some of them, as I think back on them, they may not have been good ideas. But also, I just like didn't spend enough time with some of them to where I figured out if they're a good idea. I just was th- thinking, you know what, that's going to take a little bit more time than what I want to spend right now. And I was like, I'd rather watch Netflix. But see, well, okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure that, I'm not not sure that the excuse of Netflix is something that I I resonate well with. (laughs) But realizing, something that you just said is very important, realizing that you don't necessarily have enough time or you don't have enough interest in this to carry it forward is also an important thing. For instance, if you were thinking about the longevity issue of something and realizing that to make it work and actually have some substance to it and have some life to it, it's going to take you far more effort than you think it's worth, then yeah, it's time to say, no, that's that's not for me. And that's okay. That makes me feel better about the projects I've abandoned. <laughs> 
Which I guess that's kind of my enabling point that I thought of was like having people in my life who are encouraging and who point out the things that you pointed out just to where it's like, maybe that wasn't a good or maybe that wasn't something like a good idea or something that would have lasted. And so it just wasn't feasible for you to do because you're in college and you're not going to be here forever. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that you're gaining some insights <laughs> by thinking through the V-Reel um, in regard to your career. So how are you going to use business of the arts to help you increase your own personal value besides just the line on the resume? So to, I guess to use it to increase my value, I'm not like 100% sure. It was just kind of like I did it on a whim and I'm still figuring out what it is. But I do hope that it becomes a thing where people see it on a resume and they think, that oh that like I've heard about that that's really awesome at least like you know the businesses that come to Texas A&M where they're like oh this is a good student we should keep their resume aside because they are in business of the arts or they're in leadership and business of the art we spoke about a long-term goal that you had where you kind of threw it out there as a well that'd be neat but I don't know that you had ever seriously thought about it but I remember it do you, do you know what I'm talking about there? I think so. It was like starting my own business. Was that the one? Yes. Or slash selling my own art. Yeah. But also in regard to business of the arts, you said it would be really neat if this were a national type of an organization. Yes. That's that's my stretch goal for okay. the organization. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about that. Um. Well, I haven't done a whole lot of research into it, but I know that you have to partner with kind of like other organizations and you have to so like multiple states need to have a business of the arts or you have to partner with an organization that's in multiple states and I like googled business of the arts in other states kind of thing and not a lot of stuff popped up or not that I found I didn't do too much research but I don't and also one of the things if you are a national organization you get to wear cords when you graduate which is well why I looked into it in the first place so, I don't know, I think it would be a, an amazing thing, but it's also, I don't think, something that's necessarily possible by the time I graduate. So it's hard for me to invest a lot of time into it because I'm like, I'm not sure where this will go. Well, we also talked about, would this be something that you are interested in enough, that you have enough passion toward, that this would be something you would continue to work on even after graduation? Yeah, I thought about that a lot especially with like a couple of job opportunities that I've had open up. And to me, it kind of boiled down to, do I want to stay in College Station for the next five years of my life? And I don't necessarily think that's what I'm being called to do, just not to stay here. I'm excited to go back home or even to go on like a new adventure somewhere else. So I don't necessarily think that staying with Business of the Arts post-graduation in a hands-on way of being in College Station is really what I'm going to do. I mean, it could change. I have another whole semester before I decide for the rest of my life. But it sounds like, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you're interested enough in this that wherever you go, you might want to at least continue to support and think about and try and build this. I definitely know that I want to be there for whoever is like the president after me for a while to just help them in whatever they need. And if, I don't know, if I'm able to sustain myself easily, easily and they need, like, funds and I can, like, give them money or things like that, 
I definitely want to because I don't want it. I don't want it to die. I want. I mean, it's not going to be like my legacy at A and M or anything, because like they'll probably forget my name after a while. But I think it would be really cool if one day I like showed my kids A and M, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and that organization right there, I started. <laughs> that would that's a that's a good goal. That's a fun goal. It sounds to me like at the very least you want to be an enabling factor for this organization into the future. So here at A and M. Well, for that matter, even anybody who's not part of the A&M world, if they're listening to this podcast and thinking, well, that sounds interesting, and I didn't realize that that was there, or, hey, I wonder if I could get involved, or I wonder if I could become a supporter of this organization, how would that happen? Well, the probably best and easiest way would just be to send an email to thebusinessofthearts at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, which is just the business of the arts, and our tag is at BA underscore TAMU. But for students who want to get involved, I'd say, like, you just kind of, like, start showing up to meetings is what I've been telling people who are interested. And then you just kind of, like, get a feel for it. And if it's for you, like, keep coming, and then we'll get you a T-shirt. If it's not for you, like, that's okay. I've realized that not all students are ready to kind of think about their career and think about what they want to do. And I think that the students who are in our organization now are really ready for that step of, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life, and I'm going to listen to this guest speaker and actually gain knowledge. And it's not just something that they're going to be a part of. I mean, supporters, if anyone wants to give us money, that'd be wonderful, always. (laughs) But, or I don't know, if they have a gallery space, they want to be filled with a student art show. Like, we could do that. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I'm still, I mean, it's still in the forming stages, even though we've been around for a semester, I guess. So I'm just kind of trying to lay all the groundwork for the people behind me. So thinking about being a part of this organization, having started it, thought about it a little bit in the context of V-Real for the organization and for you, do you think that you're now able to create more value as a person because you started this organization and you're doing what you're doing? I guess, yes. It's... Just being, like, the president of it has taught me more skills, like, organizing guest speakers and marketing it. And, I mean, I do think it's a pretty cool thing to have on your resume that you co-founded an organization, even if it's really tiny and it's been around for barely a semester. So value in that way, I would say yes. But also just for me personally, it's, it's a fun thing that I get to do. Um, and it's something I'm passionate about, which is something I realized that A&M has taught me that it's okay to be passionate about things and to pursue them and just like to go at it with all you have. So I think like business of the arts is kind of helping me discover those things and do that in a real way. Do you think now that you've had to think about be real a little bit, do you think it's something that's going to be useful to you going forward in regard to the organization, regard to what you do? Um, I definitely, I think in both aspects, it'll definitely be useful. Just with the organization, helping it not, I guess, mellow out to being, oh, now we have these guest speakers, and the next semester we'll have these guest speakers, um, and it never grows. I think that kind of going through V-Real helps realize, oh, these things will have problems with it. And this is what we're giving to Texas A&M and the community and our students. Um, how can we do that better? I think those are always like great, great questions to ask and things that'll help business of the arts grow. I mean, I know for me personally, it gives me a lot of insight 
into who I am and what I could offer to a company. And I think that really helps when you're marketing yourself to them, which is something they tell us at Maze all the time is to market yourself. And by the way, you said Maze. That's the Maze Business School. Yeah. So just kind of realizing what I have to offer someone I think is going to help in like interviews and things whenever they talk about my strengths and weaknesses. It's not going to be like, oh, well, I can write pretty well. It'll be like, well, I'm an ambitious person. And just, I guess, also like gives me confidence in those things. Have you talked about this with anybody else? I mean, talked about with maybe your vice president in your organization or somebody else and said, hey, there's this be real thing. I've been meaning to talk to, with it to my vice president organization. Our scheduling has been really bad <laughs> the past couple of weeks. And I, I, I all run into them. I'll be like, oh, hey, like when can we meet? And we're both like, look at our calendars and we're like, in a month. Cool. <laughs> so, but hopefully on this coming or at our next meeting, we're going to have a developmental meeting for the business of the arts, which is just going to be about where we want the organization to go in the future, what worked well this semester, and we'll probably go through the whole viral aspect just with our members because we're not that big. So it's not difficult to have everyone involved in it. But I have, I was talking to like my boyfriend about it and my roommates a little bit. Just like in passing, we'll be just talking about something random. And I'm like, oh, that's adding value to this. And I don't know if they always know what I'm talking about. But in my head, I'm just like, value, value, rare. Okay. I didn't realize it would it would infect you so quickly. But that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, it just happens. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad to hear, though, that you're thinking about how you can focus on the value that you can bring to future employers or that you can create for the organization or whatever you do. I mean, I think that's a key part of having that running in your head is, oh, yeah, there's a way to create value there and maybe make it rare and do something with it. That's good. Do you have any questions for me now that, you know, you've thought about this for a little bit or about anything that I've said today? I don't think so. Mm, that's okay. Don't have to. Okay. <laughs> well... I'm glad that we had the chance to sit down here today and do this podcast. It's interesting to me how quickly you embraced the V-Real thinking, and I enjoy hearing about how it's beginning to shape the way that you think about your future career and all that. That's really good. And I hope the Business of the Arts is an organization that really does wind up creating a lot of value on the campus, around the campus. Yeah. I do. I hope so. It sounds like a good organization. Okay. Great. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, no problem. All right. Okay. Well, that was an interesting conversation with Cindy. I think Cindy is a delightful example of young people who are seniors in college who are trying, probably with a great deal of angst, to figure out what the heck comes next? Yeah, I see that a lot, having been in the classrooms for a few decades at this point. You know, there were some key points that I want to bring out about that conversation and about what is happening with Cindy. First of all, I'm really glad that in our conversation before that she was able to see different ways that she might be able to create value with the organization and also that it was very applicable to her as an individual as well. And of course, the overlap between those two. I was very happy to see that it opened her eyes to some things. You know, one of the things that I took away from the conversation with Cindy is that sort of disconnect, I guess, between what they're getting coached on 
at school, which is make sure that you're positioning yourself to get a job and this notion of creating value. Yeah, the ability for her to think in terms of talking to potential employers and saying, this is how I bring value to you. And this is what makes me rare. This is how I can benefit your organization. I I think that's a really important thing for students to be able to do as they're thinking about getting out of school. And then it came up as we talk that she was able, by thinking through V-Real, to also realize there were some things that she maybe didn't want to do. Yeah, and she was a little hesitant about that. And we talk about this all the time. You need to be willing to pay the price, as you say, for for the thing that you think you want to do that creates value. And you, you better be willing to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, that's a very good reason to walk away and walk toward another idea. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, this isn't for me. This is not going to work for whatever reason. You know, this is not the way that I'm going to be able to create the value that I want to create or the eroding factors are too big or the enabling factors are too tough for me to do that particular idea. So, okay, I've just made a good decision. This isn't going to work. Yeah, the whole idea that not all ideas are worth pursuing is certainly one factor. But as you're working through V-Real and and especially with perhaps with young people, they are thinking about if they know about thinking about value and rareness and enabling factors and and eroding factors and longevity and kind of cycling through all of those different ideas that they should think about certainly the long term, but also what they do and what they don't want to do, what they're interested in and what they're not interested in, but also being flexible. So you form an idea and you think you want to do that and you pursue it, great, but the market's going to change. It is, right? And you might change. (laughs) Or your perception of things might change. And when we were sitting here talking about this, we had a chime in from the side here. Uh, Hey, producer Will. I I just, from, from listening to her, it was like looking in a mirror almost. Being just out of college, probably about four years, uh, I was thinking about when, when I was in college, about, uh, about my senior year, having certain dreams, having certain aspirations, and also knowing a lot of things I didn't not want to do. Take my business, for example, now. It, it started from a hobby that I had in college, and now it is adapted to different places that I never would have taken it. So once upon a time... If you had kind of had V-Real running through your head, would it have helped? Yes, tremendously, yes. Hmm. How? I would have prepared myself more, <laughs> and I would have marketed myself more. Um, <laughs> I remember out of college going out to look for jobs. My brother-in-law telling me that when he went to go to some job interviews, he would shine his shoes and uh, press his tie and things that I never would have done uh, or thought of doing. I just thought, try to look decent. I, I, I didn't mark my, market myself well at first. And honestly, I didn't know what to do, know what I wanted to do. And I was just, just grabbing it at opportunities that didn't interest me, really. You know, that's a, that's a common theme. We heard the same notion come from Cindy in our conversations. I don't know if it was during the podcast conversation, but she also mentioned many times, like, I just want that first job. And obviously, get the first job. That's a that's certainly a great goal and noble, worthy, and all of those things. But 
thinking about how you create value and how you're rare and marketing yourself seems to be really uncomfortable or just unknown like how do you do that is it appropriate to do that and so will you're saying that you didn't market yourself well maybe you didn't think about yourself as somebody who creates value or has the potential to create value and is rare and so that staying there and we talk about this in the book you know staying there in that in that loop value rare value rare value, is it rare for a little while is a really productive place to stay yeah and as you mentioned when we were talking earlier will things change over time and you know what might be a really great idea for creating value and being rare in the marketplace for a while is not necessarily where you're going to end up. And always being thinking about that dynamism in the world and the eroding factors and enabling factors and, and preparing yourself to adapt to the changes in the world so that you, you have a way, some way, to create value for people. There's one more thing about kind of a disconnect. I think people are told you need to market yourself, but they don't really know what to market. Exactly. I think the V-Real framework for Cindy, we saw the lights go off with her when she was thinking about, you asked her, so how, how are you creating value? How might you create value? And you asked her about that in the context of Business of the Arts, the organization that she started, but you also challenged her on that for her. And she said she had to really think about it. It was hard for her to answer that question. And then she said, I'm kind of afraid to answer that question. Like, should I be self-promoting kind of thing? Maybe we should speak to that a little bit. When we were talking about that with her outside of the podcast, she expressed a common fear, the common fear of coming across as arrogant, uh, you know, and, and bragging or, or, or something that would be a turnoff. And my response to her was, you need to be realistic, you know, you don't need to be bragging and you don't need to be arrogant, but you do need to know how you can create value for a potential employer or in whatever context that you are trying to, quote, market, unquote, yourself. And being realistic is fine. You know, I can, I can tell you, I can, I can do this and I can learn this and I have these characteristics that would fit really well with how you're trying to create value for your company or your organization. I mean, that's that's just being realistic. I think just the word value and the notion of value creation as a, a concept for young people, for everybody, frankly, but especially young people who are just learning how to talk about the skills that they have and think about themselves in the context of a business or some kind of organization sort of maybe sets the tone for if you're thinking in terms of value creation, maybe that tempers arrogance. Maybe that tempers boastfulness because you have these skills in order to t create value. And if you think of it in those terms, if you think about how can I create value, then maybe that will help an individual articulate better a set of skills that they might otherwise not speak to because it feels too self-promoting or it feels awkward or they're not sure they should be boastful or those other sort of words that came up when we were talking to to Cindy. So I I wonder where her little adventure in starting this student organization will take her someday. You know, I obviously don't know, but neither does she at this point. 
and that's okay. But she started the student organization because she wanted to have the line on the resume. And the beautiful thing there is she was able to answer the question, are you more valuable today to a prospective employee than you were before you started this organization? She is. So maybe the takeaway there is, yeah, go ahead and start that organization. It's going to be harder than you think. But go for it because you're going to learn. It's going to be more than the line on the resume. It's not a matter of typing something out. There's a lot that goes into that. And she mentioned leadership skills, and she mentioned the longevity aspects of it, and she mentioned eroding factor being the fact that students turn over. And so she found a framework and a way of thinking strategically. She already did think strategically, but now she has an organized way to do that, and V-Roll provided that for her. And I think it can provide that for many other young people out there who are thinking ahead. Yeah, and it's not hard. It's a pretty simple thing to do. You just kind of need to have the right language for it. Exactly. So as we wrap up this edition of the podcast, I guess the key takeaways are, again, if you're out there and you are a young person or you know a young person, go ahead and think about VRIL. And if you need more resources, you can go to drdavidflint.com. Follow Dr. David Flint on Twitter and Facebook and get those resources. Okay. Well... It was another good conversation with a strategic thinker. I maybe didn't realize that she was a strategic thinker. So until the next podcast, keep thinking, everybody. <laughs>